Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, food followers everywhere. Welcome to the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast, end of year special with your host, Ben Johnson, and featuring the author of Life of Action and the soon-to-be-released Life of Action Volume 2, it's your friend and mine, Mike Fury. We very much hope you enjoy this festive roundup of all things martial arts movie-related, and I just personally wanted to take this opportunity to thank all of you, the loyal Foo followers, wherever you are in the world, a huge thank you for making 2019 such an awesome year for us here on the podcast. Remember, if you are a fan of the show, and especially if you have enjoyed our output this year, then please do remember to subscribe to the show using your podcast provider. And while you're at it, why not leave us a star rating or write a little review, tell a friend, anything at all. It all helps to spread the good word of the Kung Fu Movie Guy podcast. And remember, for all the latest martial arts movie news, reviews and podcasts, visit Kung Fu movieguide.com and follow us on social media we're on twitter facebook and instagram okay so if everyone is now settled and feeling festive let's get on with sending off the year in style with our end of year show so without any further ado let's get on with it here we go well if you're really so determined to have a fight then i'll oblige <laughs> ho 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 and a hello and a wassail to you all food followers everywhere around the world welcome to our festive end of year show 2019 thank you all so much for taking the time out during your holiday season to listen to this episode of the show which promises to be as always a hell of a lot of fun this is episode 49 it's the last in our current season of podcasts in the run-up to recording this show we have been asking all of you to share with us your favorite martial arts films of the year and we have been inundated with comments over our social media channels facebook Twitter and Instagram and also quite a few of you have been sending emails over to our email address hello at kungfumovieguide.com we have compiled all of the best ones and we will be reading those out during the second half of this show which is when we will also be counting down our personal top five martial arts films of the year as well as singling out our worst martial arts film of the year we will also be taking a look at some of the major movie news stories which broke during 2019 and also we will be looking ahead to all the great movies that are coming up in 2020 we will be reliving some of the highlights from this podcast and of course we will be sharing our usual outtakes montage which is always 
a lot of fun and we'll also be unwrapping some Christmas presents and generally just having a nice time. So plenty of things to look forward to on this special end of year podcast. As always, I am very pleased to have a special guest sitting with me today to join in the festivities and discuss the ups and downs of the year. It is my pleasure to introduce the author, action movie expert and friend of the show, Mike Fury. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ben. How are you? How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And a very Merry Christmas Merry to you, Merry Christmas Mike. to you as well, and Happy New Year. Are you excited about the, the Christmas period and very the holiday so. season? Always nice to overindulge a bit, you know, take a bit of a break after, I'm sure for everybody, what's been a, you know, a hard-working year, and uh, take some time off, enjoy some films and some downtime, and overindulge a bit. Absolutely. It's, it's good. We should say that we're recording this show very close to the Christmas break. It's the 21st of December mm-hmm. today. And we are back in the House of Fury yeah. to record this special episode. So thank you once again <laughs> no, for hosting the Kung Fu Movie it, Guide. Yeah. So how has 2019 been been for you, Mike? <laughs> I think it's been a yeah, big, no, it's just always a big question. Yeah, no, it's, it has been good. I've been working a lot on wrapping up uh, the second Life of Action book, which Absolutely. has been a big priority for me. Out in February, people can pre-order Life yeah, of Action Volume Two right yeah, now. Yeah, it's available to pre-order now um, from uh, well, from my website, mikefury.net. It's also on Amazon, and it will be available on lo- a lot of other platforms and ebook as well. There's also going to be a limited edition hardback. So that's just a nice little extra thing Lovely for people stuff. that want that. Can you say the names that are involved in Life of Action Volume uh, Two? Yeah, there's You've got Zoe Ball on the on yeah, the cover. Zoe Ball's on the front cover, which is cool. There's people like. Uh, Frank Grillo, Michael J. White, Tony Jaa, Heidi Moneymaker, Kelly Hu. Um, there's there's a wide range of people, and again, trying to be quite eclectic. So yeah. there's you know there's filmmakers, there's actors and actresses, there's stunt people, and also from different you know um, sort of kind of in a sense different different eras of the industry as well, slightly more modern people, people who have a bit of an, um, a longer lineage, um, and people from all over the world, people from the east, people from the west. So. Hopefully it's a good um, good kind of cross-section of people and it's interesting to hear all their different views and experiences and take learnings from from all their great work. Absolutely. In anticipation of this show, I always put together a list of all the martial arts films that have been released during the year. As ever, there were so many on, mm-hmm. the, on the list. How would you sum up this year in relation to martial arts movies, fight movies? Has, yeah. has it been a good year? Um, I don't know. It's, it's it's a hard one. I for, for me, not wanting to not at risk of sounding slightly negative. I don't think it's necessarily been, from my point of view, anyway, the best year for martial arts films. There've been some really good action films, um, also TV series, some documentaries, and a wide range of stuff, even comedies and other, you know, maybe slightly more unusual genres, which have incorporated martial arts and action formats into that. So I think, from a pure kind of kung fu martial arts point of view probably less than we would have liked for the for the most part. I found it quite hard this year to actually narrow it down into a top five. Yeah. I mean, did you find it quite tricky to, to sort yeah, of Yeah, it was, it was tricky. And what's, what's especially tricky, you always you're, you, you make this nice challenge. I should say to people, so I think I said this last time, Ben's hyper-organized. You're the most <laughs> organized person I've, I've ever done a podcast with. And I've done a few podcasts, but this is like, you know, in terms of the notes and the prep and the research, there's yeah. a huge amount, which is great. But um, it does take into account, let's say, this list of films which you very kindly compose. It saves me having to do it. Um, but there's a lot of, there's like Hollywood stuff. There's yeah. mainst- probably stuff that would qualify more as an action film, but Agreed. has martial arts yeah. strongly integrated into it. So then it comes down to the definition of the best martial arts film. You know, are you talking about what is a martial arts film or what is an action film that has martial arts in it? And do you, should you rate more highly 
the pure martial arts film that may not be quite as good cinematically as the action film that has good martial arts in it yes. but it's maybe a better film as is tradition with the annual Christmas special mm-hmm. I have no idea what Mike's uh, top five is so I'm very much looking forward to finding out what uh, some of those titles are if there's any uh, crossover there okay before we get into this Mike I think it's a good time now to exchange some Christmas presents let's do it we uh, try and find a martial arts movie related gift for each other and Mike and I set ourselves a budget of 10 English pounds uh, can't get a lot for 10 pounds you these can't, days not, the economy is hard and I may have gone over it again this okay. year Who wants, do you want to go first Mike or should you I could, yours are down sorry could you reach them oh great they're just down on the just grab that yeah, 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 yeah. little bag <laughs> Ben's fetching his gift from under the tree <laughs> oh lovely stuff let me get my bags okay. over, over yeah. there let me just quickly go and get it Thank you very much. So I've got a few bits and bobs. Uh, yeah, there's right? a few but bits and bobs in there. Thank that's you. Wow, actually, that's heavy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's, a heavy it's quite bag. heavy, but I've, I've got something there for Jill as okay. well. So uh, just for the two of you. That's just a little oh. stocking filler there oh, for wow. you, Mike. What's this one? <laughs> What's this one? So oh, this, like was a head- a, it's, this is actually a, a, headband a headband that is official Karate Kid merchandise. Oh, nice. So <laughs> well, <laughs> if, you look, cool, if you flip a, it over on the back, yeah. I was surprised to see this. Yeah, I see it's oh, actually it's got the, got the oh, Karate okay. Kids uh, the logo, the insignia. Oh, wow, it's cool. So you've got a nice headband. Copyright of Columbia yep. Pictures. That's proper. Legit. So that's, that's a bit cool. of fun, that's isn't nice. it? nice, yeah. There you nice. go. So if, when you're doing the, the um, you know, the, the yeah. practicing your crane kick. Exactly. Go on, Ben, you went overboard. Just a few chocolates there oh, that I just sort of thrown in. Lovely treat. Oh, is this a book? Lovely. Let's open the book. Oh, Matthias is huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very interested to read this. I was, I was going to get this, but I admit, I do you have this book already? I haven't. No. Okay. But I was very interested to read it. So yeah, Matthias Hughes, his memoir, shirtless in Hollywood, the battle for Hollywood. Obviously, Matthias has been a on guest the podcast, on the Kung Fu yeah. Movie Guy podcast. Guy, he was like one of our early guests in the first yeah. season, I think. And he is just such a great guy. And he's got some amazing Hollywood stories yeah, as well. And that definitely. book's absolutely no, I look full forward of to... I'm a, I'm a big fan of his work. No Retreat, No Surrender 2, obviously. Yeah. And Dark Angel is probably yeah, his piece most favourite. Come my, in Peace. my favourite one. And many more beyond that. Just when I thought... Oh, there's even more. <laughs> it's it's like the Mary Poppins yeah, handbag. It's brilliant. What's this? Oh, is that nunchuck? <laughs> So that's just for yeah. a bit, bit of a sparring session yeah. later. Are they fu- yeah, they're foam covered. So they're you, foam ones, you tw- absolutely. Twat yourself. Yeah, you don't want to be doing yourself yeah. a mischief. To do double, dual welded. So there you go. If you want to recreate the scene from The Way of the Dragon with yeah. Bruce Lee's double nunchucks, yeah. two two sets of nunchucks yeah. there. I'll be the buffoon who knocks himself out. <laughs> That's great. Thanks very much, Ben. No worries cool. at all, Mike. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, thank you. I'm, I'm diving in now to... Um, to Mike's festive goodie yeah. bag there's some sweeties in here yeah. I'm going to go for the boxy one first okay. Mike this is very this is very kind of you this is, this is interesting okay so we've got a cardboard box here it's an official, it's a mug. It's an official it's a life of action, life of action yeah, merchandise. There you yeah, go. Is that available from your website? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the website address? <laughs> MikeFury.net slash shop. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go. But now that's you know handy for all your tea and coffee needs. And there's two more things in here, Mike. You're great. So this looks DVD shaped. Mm. Oh, mate. So look. Yes, I, yes, I have yes. To mention something. So I actually have. So this is for yes. the good people. This is a four film 
collection of martial arts films. So there's two <laughs> Van Damme films on there. I've got I've got alternate versions of the same set, which has got two Van Damme films. You've got Black Eagle and Kickboxer. Yeah, so it's good, on so, here. This is a good. I've set. got I've got other random films on there, but your one contains so-called I don't know if they are, but martial arts films with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. <laughs> and now. <laughs> Have you, are you, have you seen I have not seen so, either of these so Black Eagle yes Kickboxer Kick yes the other standard. two complete it, mysteries it's, it's advertised as yeah. a martial arts yeah. film collection we also have Fire on the Amazon starring Sandra Bullock and Nightmaster starring Nicole Kidman I wasn't aware of those two titles either, so you can watch it and let us know watch them and let, let us know what you think thank you Mike that's very that's good okay. I've got one more gift in here yeah. here we go okay this looks uh, this looks book shaped yes. good reading material Okay, wow, this looks interesting. It's a what it's a rush hour It's a, ru- a book about rush hour? Yeah. This is the only book on the celebrated rush hour movie starring oh Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan, directed by Re- Brett Ratner. Fantastic. I'm sure this as a rush hour fan you could uh, read up on the, all the anecdotes behind the scenes. It's an extraordinary full colour visual companion covering all three rush hour films. That is fantastic. There's over 370 photos That's in here, Mike. All you need. That's great. Thank you so much, yeah. Mike. I think we should probably raise a toast at this point to yeah. our listeners. Yeah. It's the Christmas special. Let's have, have a wee drink. Beverage. Shall we do Let's that? Have a beverage, yeah. I've bought Mike a bottle here of Advocar. Mike, have you had this drink before? I've had it, yeah. I think I had it as a kid, which probably isn't the best thing. But you know, it's sort of like Christmas family, someone lets you try something. Absolutely. Um, that's about it. I haven't had it since. So. Most people would have Advocar with lemonade. I've got lemonade. Do you have lemonade? Yeah. If you're a vegan, this is not good for vegans. It's essentially a boozy custard. It's yellow in colour. It's quite a thick consistency, and um, it's a, traditionally had it at Christmas time. But uh, I would, I would say, Mike, this is a this is very much an acquired taste. Okay. I mean, it's sl- it looks slightly revolting. I'm going to be honest with you. Do you want to pour? You go on. You do the honors. Now uh, I'm just going to pour this directly into the glass. We've just made some. I believe these are called snowballs. There you go. Quite yeah. a gloopy. <laughs> consistency okay. is that about enough do you think i think so yeah we'll do you want a little bit more and, and we should just say uh cheers to all cheers. the listeners thank you listeners thank you everybody thank you ben thank you merry mike christmas. merry christmas <laughs> that's all that's it's not right. too bad and actually it's not it doesn't taste how it doesn't taste how it looked before no because it looked it doesn't look great does it Cheers, everyone. Thank you uh, very much. We'll be mm-hmm. sipping on our Advocar, uh, our snowballs, yeah. as the uh, podcast progresses. Yeah. We'll crack on now yeah. with some of the highlights mm-hmm. of 2019. I've got a little clip of my voice here uh, saying highlights of 2019. Do you want to hear that? Yeah. Highlights of 2019. Okay, so I think we should probably start off by talking about the Kung Fu movie event of the year, Ip Man 4. Yeah. So Ip Man 4 was released yesterday in China, the 20th of December, and it will be released in selected cinemas across the UK and the USA from the 25th of December. Mm-hmm. And the film itself is the final part of the Ip Man saga, which started way back in 2008, believe it or not. All four of the films have been directed by Wilson Yip and star Donnie Yen, at a press conference 
conference in Beijing in November, Donnie said that Ip Man 4 would be his final kung fu movie. Here's a direct quote from that press conference, Mike. He said, as an actor, you must keep going forward. I'm very grateful. Ip Man 4, the finale, is my final kung fu movie. I hope it can be written on a valuable page in Chinese film history, and I will continue my journey as an actor. So, Mike, we have heard this before. Yeah. I believe after Ip Man 3 came out, Donnie Yen said words of a, of a similar vein. What do you think about this? Do you think he actually means it this time? It sounds, it sounds like he, he does mean it Yeah, I think it sounds a bit more official. Bearing in mind there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot that kind of reading between the lines there, hmm. um, I'm guessing he means as an actor. Obviously, it's not to say he wouldn't do any more martial arts related films as a uh, fight coordinator or as a director and so on. The other thing is that he still does very action centric or fight centric dramas or thrillers or things like that in the past so maybe you know he's talking about kung fu films in a traditional Mm. sense do you think that the world is sort of done now with these old-fashioned traditional kung fu movies what are your thoughts on i don't think um i don't think the world is done with it i mean obviously these things do evolve and change but i think donnie strikes me as somebody who's who's also probably quite open to he's kind of done his thing he's taken it as far as he he wants to in his own in his own niche of, of, of kung fu genre acting. But, you know, you have to not forgetting he's a filmmaker as well and he's a choreographer and he's also shown he, he's, he's got real acting chops. He can do a lot of other stuff. So I think he's not limiting himself to just one thing and maybe wants to focus elsewhere. We should say we've still got Mulan, Enter the Fat Dragon, Raging Fire and this potential Sleeping Dogs movie yeah. as well, which Donnie's involved in. So plenty more Donnie Yen action on the way. He's still not turning his back yeah, on. Yeah, to be honest, for me personally, as much as I do love it, man, those films, um, I actually prefer the the more kind of dramatic and character-driven stuff like... You know, I think I think the the Sleeping Dogs movie is a really exciting prospect because I'm a big fan of the the video game as well. That's great. That that universe, that world, very much makes me think of like SPL and that franchise. You know, that kind of thing is very exciting to me. So I'm, I'm I would look forward to to seeing what he does next in that area. In martial arts tournaments, it's very frustrating. You stand in front of a guy, and you just want to let him have it, <laughs> but you can't. So you got to do this play acting patty cake version. Cassius Clay, Sonny Liston, Joe Lewis. The colored box are not that white kickboxing asshole. They do what they need to do to win. They unleash as much punishment as they have to to defeat the other guy. But in martial arts tournaments, I do to win what they do to win. I unleash all my power. I kill people. Well, if you fought Cassius Clay, who would win? Well, that would never happen. But if you did, what do you think would happen? I'd make him a quibble. Mike Moe there, playing Bruce Lee in the film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Quentin Tarantino released his ninth film as a director, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, on the 26th of July 2019. It was released to great critical and public acclaim. The film tells the story of a faded TV actor and his stunt double as they strive for fame and success at the tail end of Hollywood's so-called 
Golden Age. It's set in 1969 in Los Angeles. Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt star in the film alongside a great cast, many of whom are playing real people from the time period. The scene involving Bruce Lee did spark controversy when Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter, went on record to criticise the depiction of her father in the film. In describing the scene, Shannon said it was disheartening to see Quentin Tarantino depict her father as, and this is her quote, an arrogant a-hole who was full of hot air. She added, I understand they want to make the Brad Pitt character this super badass who could beat up Bruce Lee, but they didn't need to treat him the way that white Hollywood did when he was alive. Quentin Tarantino did have the opportunity to reply to the criticisms that were labelled at his film, and he said this at a press conference in Moscow on the 7th of August. Bruce Lee was kind of an arrogant guy. I didn't just make a lot of that up. I heard him say things like that to that effect. And even the thing, you know, people are like, well, he never said um, uh, he would, uh, uh, he could beat up Muhammad Ali. Uh, yeah, he did, all right? Not only did he say that, his wife, Linda Lee, said that. And her, the first biography I ever read was Linda Lee's Bruce Lee, The Man Only I Knew. And she absolutely said it. Could Cliff beat up Bruce Lee? Okay, Brad would not be able to beat up Bruce Lee. But Cliff maybe could, all right? And then if you ask me the question, like, okay, well, who would win in a fight, Bruce Lee or Dracula? <laughs> it's the same question. It's a fictional character. If I say Cliff could beat Bruce Lee up, he's a fictional character, then he could beat Bruce Lee up. An audio clip there from a video which was uploaded to YouTube by Radar Magazine. Just to counter all of this, the Bruce Lee biographer Matthew Polly took to Twitter after seeing that Quentin Tarantino clip and wrote a whole thread fact-checking a lot of the statements that Quentin Tarantino uh, makes in that clip, in reference to Lee saying he would cripple Muhammad Ali, Polly wrote that in Linda's book she was in fact quoting a TV critic. The quote in the book reads, Even the most scathing critics admitted that Bruce's kung fu was sensational. One critic wrote, Those who watched him would bet on Lee to render Cassius Clay senseless if they were put in a room and told that anything goes. Matthew Polly also added... Bruce was obsessed with Ali, studying all of Ali's fights in detail. He frequently imagined fighting Ali. When asked directly by John Saxon if he could beat Ali, Bruce replied, Look at my hand. That's a little Chinese hand. He'd kill me. That is a quote from the Robert Klaus book, Bruce Lee, the biography. Mike, what do you make of all this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult and I get elements of both sides, to be honest. Like, I'm a huge Tarantino fan and I I love the film, actually. I'm a big fan of all Tarantino's films. I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, great film, uh, for many, many reasons. Um, obviously, it's funny how this has become such a talking point and it's just a very small part of the film. I did take the the perspective that this was not a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it but it's kind of a fantasy sequence of the character of Cliff played by Brad Pitt because it kind of he's repairing an area isn't he on a roof and then it cuts to him imagining correct on set it's a flashback to yeah. supposedly a time when he yeah. I guess is a stunt double on the Green Hornet mm -hmm. 
but it's not entirely clear whether yeah. it is a yeah, fantasy, fantasy or not. So there's yeah. a bit of a blurring of the lines there. And kind of throwing his weight around a bit, and it's like the, the American stuntman, you know, here's somebody mouthing off and then wants to teach him a lesson. It's kind of got that element, and I actually read online some other people had that view as well. So I don't know if it was intended to be taken completely as fact within the story, although it's obviously not fact. It's a it's still a creative narrative. I can underst- I understand the, the a certain amount of offence taken from... Bruce Lee's family because I suppose it's, it's when you're dealing with somebody's legacy and especially somebody who's not here probably to you know to defend themselves um, you know to hear though that response from Shannon like, I, I get it but then also I think there's a part of it that is just a creative choice of the filmmakers and telling a story and it's a narrative device maybe not to be taken so literally one aspect which I will say is unfortunate is because as you alluded to they do feature uh, performances or uh dramatizations of some various various different characters from Hollywood's past yes and you know just brief moments of Steve McQueen and there's different people in there and obviously the the scene with Bruce is the one that's probably um he 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 kind of comes off less well than other people but then I I don't you know I wonder if that's also that's um also falling victim to the purposes of the scene with Brad Pitt's character throwing his weight around yeah. and proving that he's the tough guy and it just yeah. happened to be Bruce in that in that example. Yeah. I know a lot of people on the internet went bananas because Brad Pitt's character is seen to win in the fight against Bruce Lee. That didn't bother me at all. A lot of the posturing and that general attitude and some of the words that Quentin Tarantino's written for this Bruce Lee character I thought just rang really off. That was my personal yeah, and I mean, view. It's, it's, which is a bit weird as well, because we know Quentin Tarantino is a big fan of He's Bruce Lee. He's a huge Lee. Bruce Lee fan. Yeah. But maybe it was, you know, I mean, unless we have him here on the podcast, exactly. he can explain himself. But, you know, it's it's a plot device within the within the film as well. But, but if yeah. it is a plot device, like, why make it Bruce Lee? You know, why? It could be anybody. It could be anybody. Well, yeah. I guess Bruce Lee would be seen as one of the toughest yeah. guys yeah. that you could make that point with. Yeah. But also the thing is, I think it's also it is playing on whether you take it completely as um, a factual depiction of him or not. It's playing on certain tropes that we know Bruce was. Bruce did have this this air of confidence, this and this kind of philosophical way of speaking, yeah. talking about Cassius Clay and other people. So it kind of played on some of those tropes, but obviously to a quite a heightened extent. Yeah. Um, and I should say as well, you know, I think Mike Moe did a really good job with this character. Absolutely. And Mike Moe, his, as you heard in that clip, he's got the intonation, the tone, the way yeah. he holds himself. I thought he was wonderful, actually. Did, it's yeah, a great version of Bruce He did a really good, did a really good job and he played, he played it very well. You know, some people will like it or find it entertaining. Some people won't like it so much and it kind of strikes a nerve, which I, I get it. I, yeah. I do get it. Because, because the thing is, when you're, when you're portrayed in a Quentin Tarantino film, it's a big deal. That's it's a big, the thing, it's a isn't big it? Big spotlight, and I can understand the sensitivities there around portraying Bruce Lee's image in in that yeah. light. You and know? I suppose to be to be fair, I would say that we're we're discussing this, and I'm sure many of the people who've weighed in online and elsewhere, you know, we're discussing this as people that kind of get the full story. Yeah. So we can weigh up. Oh, it's you know, we know he wasn't quite like this, or he wasn't yeah. a bit like that, or whatever. But there are people out there that probably don't know anything about Bruce Lee, and this is going to be their little flavor of. Oh, so that's what Bruce Lee was like. It's like, well, not really. That's exactly. maybe, that's maybe the, one of the issues. Yeah, but, you know. yeah. As if that wasn't enough in other Bruce Lee-related news, his former home at 41 Cumberland Road, Kowloon Tong in Hong Kong, was demolished this year to make way for a Chinese studies centre. 
Bruce Lee bought the home in 1971, and despite best efforts from fans to save the mansion and potentially turn it into a museum, it was eventually demolished in October of this year. Mike, I found this story quite sad, but then I guess you can't get in the way of progress, can you? Yeah, I I wish there was a museum as well. I don't, I don't know why somebody didn't think to invest in that, because I think that would be quite a good tourist hub as well. And Absolutely. unfortunately, a lot of these things come down to money, yeah. as we know. Um, at least, you know, to be a, a kind of a tourist draw would be good. It sounds kind of like a missed opportunity with yeah. the uh, with the museum. I'm going to have to fill up again. A sec. Come on. Ben, I've nearly finished and you've still I'm doing too much talking. Everything. Yeah. It's quite nice. It's quite um, it's quite claggy though. It kind of lingers in the mouth for mm. quite a while. <laughs> Bruce Lee's legacy maybe was better served on the small screen in 2019, thanks to the HBO TV series Warrior, based on an original concept written by Bruce Lee. The show premiered on the 5th of April 2019 on the Cinemax channel in the USA. Mike, did you get to watch any of this show? Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved the show. Definitely one of my favourite series this year. It's got the martial arts element, but I love the the historical aspect, the 1870s San Francisco. You've got the gangsters, the tongs, the the various factions. You've got the local Irish community of workers. You've got the the Americans, the kind of the the political side. You've got the police. And it's kind of this melting pot for a for a great kind of gangster themed yeah. kind of um, criminal show with martial arts and with these elements. I was glad that it's been renewed for a second series. Second as well. season, yeah. potentially a third season yeah. as well in the cards. So that's really fantastic. Warrior was named as one of the best new TV shows of 2019 by Rolling Stone, and of the shows which were also released this year which had a martial arts element to them. The fantasy series Woo Assassins Mm -hmm. came out this year. That landed on Netflix in uh, August. We also have the second season of Cobra Kai released exclusively to YouTube Premium. We have The Mandalorian this year Mm -hmm. as well that started in November on Disney's new streaming platform, Disney+. Plus. This series features the former MMA fighter and martial arts action star Gina Carano. And on the 6th of May this year, we said goodbye to the martial arts series Into the Badlands, which starred Daniel Wu, Emily Beecham and Nick Frost. After three seasons of the show, it was cancelled by the network AMC, despite a very strong following. Mike, we do say this every year, but it just seems that there's so much great content out there now for the martial arts action fan it seems like we're a sport for choice these days yeah no i mean it's a it's a good problem to have as i always say absolutely it's a good the the thing that's annoying for i'm sure everybody is all the different streaming platforms you have to subscribe to to watch everything it's kind of hard to keep up and it can be a bit expensive but i guess if you want to you know if you want to see what you want to see it's just something that needs to be done but it would be good if they could somehow integrate a bit I know Kung Fu. A special shout out to the one and only Keanu Reeves, who had a wonderful year this year, 2019. It felt like this was the year that everyone remembered just how awesome and nice Keanu Reeves uh, is. He seemed especially humbled by the huge success of John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. More on that film later, I would imagine, Mike. Yep. (laughs) I'm just topping up your advertising. Thank you very much. He also lent his voice to Toy Story 4 as the daredevil toy Duke Kaboom. Did you enjoy that, Mike? I loved it. That was great. A great character as well. 
he pretty much stole the film in my yeah. opinion and he also announced this year that yes the rumours were true there will be another Matrix film mm-hmm. on its way so the Matrix 4 won't be out till the 21st of May 2021 which coincidentally is the same date as John Wick 4 what would you like to see from the Matrix 4 well <laughs> from a purely selfish point of view I'd love, I'd love to see so Keanu's obviously devotes himself you know uh, enormously to the action in all fronts whether it was the Matrix back then in the Kung Fu training to the John Wick the MMA the gun training you think what could he do next maybe some really brutal MMA because I think you know that's still very much in the in the kind of the the taste palette of the of the modern audience, I absolutely. Think, with the kind of um, not not just John Wick on its own, but that style of the yeah. very dynamic, close quarters, gritty, brutal fighting, something a bit more along those lines. I don't know that they could uh, replicate the exact same earlier first Matrix kung fu thing today. I don't know if that would work as well in its own right. So they'll have to infuse it with something else, I think. Yes, yeah. It was very think. much in the sort of cultural zeitgeist of the yeah. time, wasn't it? And that wire foo as well was yeah. very big around that yeah. time and Crouching Tiger yeah. as well. Which so, is which is great and would still look good, yeah. but I can see them not repeating and I don't think Keanu would do the same no, thing again. No, I agree. Quick word on Keanu Reeves. I mean, he turned 55 this year. What a great year he's had. Yeah, he eats his vegetables. Yes. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, absolutely amazing. He doesn't age and he's clearly super committed to his action. Yeah. So I think that bodes very well for pretty much everything he's got coming next. 2019 also saw the passing of a few familiar faces from the world of martial arts and action cinema. On the 9th of January 2019, we lost the Greek martial artist and action star Stefanos Miltsokakis. He died at the age of 59. Stefanos was perhaps most famous for being the powerful muscle man who squared off against Jean-Claude Van Damme in a number of films, including Cyborg, The Quest, Maximum Risk, Lionheart and Derailed. And on the 19th of July 2019, the great Dutch actor Rutger Hauer died at the age of 75. Most famous probably for his role as the murderous replicant Roy Batty in Blade Runner. But martial arts movie fans, of course, will remember him fondly for his role as Nick Parker, the blind Vietnam war vet and sword fighting expert from the 1989 film Blind Fury. And on the 4th of September, we lost Chan Sing, also referred to as Chen Sing, the star of countless classic Kung Fu movies from Hong Kong, including the 1972 film Tough Guy, which is also known as Kung Fu the Head Crusher, which is a great title. Uh, He's also in Sammo Hung's directorial debut, The Iron Fisted Monk. Chan Sing was most famous for playing villains. He started his career at the Shaw Brothers in the late 1960s and continued to act in Hong Kong films until his retirement in the 1990s. Chan Sing died in Jakarta, Indonesia at the age of 82. Okay, we are almost at that time in the show when we will be counting down our top five martial arts movies of 2019. Yay! But before we do that, let's take a moment to look back over some of the awesome guests that we have had on the show this year. Season four has been a real treat to compile and put together, and I've been very fortunate to chat to a really diverse range of people from around the world. So in this short clip, you will hear from, and in this order, the martial arts star and Ip Man 4 baddie Scott Adkins, Scarlett Johansson's stunt double and 
also Halle Berry's fight trainer for John Wick 3, Heidi Moneymaker. You will hear from the B-movie action star, Don the Dragon Wilson, the stunt performer who almost died when a stunt went horribly wrong while doubling for Mila Jovovich, that's Olivia Jackson, UK stunt coordinator Jude Poyer, and the final voice you'll hear will be Bruce Lee's daughter, Shannon Lee. So, here we go, here's our rundown of some of the voices from the Kung Fu Movie Guy podcast in 2019. Hi, this is Scott Adkins and you're listening to the Kung Fu Movie Guy podcast. You've pretty much worked with mm. everyone now, I would I'd yeah. imagine. There can't be many people yeah. left. Donnie rates quite highly up there. You, oh, you of course. What am I going to say? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, he's amazing. And he taught me a lot. And I said to him, listen, I'm here to learn as well as to, you know, do a job for you. I, I want to learn as much as I can. And it's fantastic, again, to be, you know, from one of your peers to be given the respect and uh, for him to, to want me to play that part. An important, very important part in, you know, his most famous franchise. Girl, it's amazing. Scarlett Johansson, I usually double her. She's wonderful. She's done some awesome shit. Really has. But with Hallie, it was like a six-month-long grind, and there were ups and downs and things that happened and things that we had to get through, and there was points where she just was worried that she wasn't going to be able to do it all, you know, that kind of thing. And the last scene, when she finished filming her last action scene in Morocco, she sat down and looked at me and got tears in her eyes, and she said, I did it. I am a much better actor today after 30 years of acting in yeah. front of cameras and starring in 30 films than I was in 1988 doing yeah. Blood Fist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've come a long way. So now, when I get my chance at a big budget, a good director, a good script, great cast, I'll be able to make that transition, I believe. The really hardest part for me was the change of lifestyle. Yeah. You know, how much I love my martial arts and how crazy I was about motocross. Like, that was my life, motocross, and, um, you know, I loved stunts and my work and everything, um, and all of that was taken away. The good thing is that it's given me a lot of time to practice my dharma and my Buddhist uh, practices. The action that I want to create is not about being realistic, but it's about being believable mm. within the world of the story yeah. and, and the world that you create with the film or the show. So as long as it's believable, that's okay. Yeah. And I like fight scenes to feel like a fight. Mm. And I think that's something that's lacking in a lot of projects now is you see people doing techniques, but there doesn't seem to be any intention behind it or any consequence. I remember what he felt like. I remember his energy. I remember the feeling of him. And the feeling of him was so powerful and so and so impactful to me as a toddler that that I had that. And I yeah. and so there's a part of me that's like, oh I know this guy. And I thought for many years I thought I was crazy because I was like, Why do I feel like I know this person so yeah. well? Like like when you ask me the question like, you know, do you you have to make decisions and is that hard and certainly it's hard for a number of reasons but I've always had this sense of like I know him and I kind of know what he would want. 
some voices there from season four of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Remember, you can listen back to all of the previous episodes of the show via all the usual podcast places. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast, many many more i'm sure you can also access the podcast via our website the address is kungfumovieguide.com okay mike i think now is the time to run down our best and highlight maybe some of the not so good <laughs> films from the year are you ready let's do it okay let's do this i think it makes sense to highlight our worst martial arts films from the year first of all so Without any further ado, here we go. The worst martial arts film of 2019. I actually think, not to sound, not willing to sound too diplomatic, but I think there's some redeemable value in most things. I'd agree. That very rarely do you get something that's absolutely god awful. Yeah, it's quite actually quite rare. If you're yes. honest, but I understand that you had a yeah. Well, top I would say, and I think probably because I went into this because so many people said that this film was bad. That it's 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 wrong, isn't it, to go into a film expecting it to be bad? Yeah. But a film like Escape Plan Three, mm-hmm. say, okay, this stars uh, Sylvester Stallone, Dave Bautista, and Matt Chang. Yep. And so many people slated it, and I thought it had some redeeming qualities yeah. to it. I absolutely love seeing Matt Chang in action. Yeah. It was great to see him. Obviously, he had worked with Dave Bautista before in Master mm-hmm. Z, Hitman Legacy. And the two worked very well together in that. Matt Chang's fight scenes in this movie, I thought, were pretty yeah. decent. And Daniel Bernhardt's in that Daniel too, Bernhardt's it? in it. And you get to see a fight scene between yeah. Matt Chang and Daniel Bernhardt. Oh, so, I mean, you know, what more can you want? Yeah, I should say Clayton Barber as well, who's a very talented uh, martial artist in his own right. Um, and he also fight coordinated Creed and yeah. uh, Black Panther and others. He's He looked after the fights. Was it a particularly memorable film? Probably not. But, you know, it wasn't the worst film I've seen mm-hmm. in the world. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's a movie that's released on Amazon Prime. It's out there at the moment. This film is called A Karate Christmas Miracle. Have you seen the poster I, I, for this? I've seen. <laughs> I've seen the poster. I haven't actually watched the film, but uh, I look forward to hearing your super low budget directorial debut from Julie Kimmel, who also writes the film. Yeah. okay, it's a bit overacted in bits. It's super low budget, so it hasn't got the best sets. I would say the direction isn't particularly too creative, but to its credit, 
it's a film with quite an earnest, wholesome message, and it's a, it's all it's quite hard to get too annoyed about a film What's it where about? its heart's in the right can you place. Describe the plot. I certainly can, Mike. So it's about a kid called Jesse who is struggling to cope after the disappearance of his father. His dad has been involved in a mysterious shooting at the <laughs> cinema. Doesn't sound very kid friendly. So, well, it's it's not really because the poor kid's having an awful time. He keeps having nightmares and within his nightmares, he's having these premonitions and he's convinced that if he achieves a black belt by Christmas Day, his dad will come back. Sounds pretty heavy going. Yeah, it is. And how long has he got? Well, this is the thing that I would say is slightly dubious about the film. So at the start of the film, they say it's six days until Christmas Day. He's got six days. He's got six days. Is he a white belt? He's He's got a blue belt. Oh. by that stage so he's not but still you know he's you can't earn a black belt in six, in days. six days if you train 24 hours a day with no sleep exactly. you can, how do you do it do he do keeps it? cutting away to him just training all in the right. front room and he's punching the sofa and all to, this mate. sort of stuff kid you've got to do it absolutely no so school for you the story is more about his mother Abby she hasn't taken a lot of time to properly grieve I would say and she's probably neglected her son's needs somewhat and as this story develops the two grow further apart she seeks solace from a good-hearted lawyer who is also a psychic conveniently for the plot and she ends up helping the investigation into the dad's disappearance so essentially she needs to remember that it's important to take time away from your busy hectic lifestyle and spend a bit more time with the family yeah, otherwise, the you're, you otherwise your kid practices karate all day and all night in the living room exactly look it's a good kind-hearted message particularly around this time of year also this film has martin cove yeah. famous from the karate kid films yep. of course in cobra kai and eric roberts these are great actors with great pedigree particularly mm-hmm. in martial arts films as well and i would say probably for both of them, it took them probably about 20 minutes to just record Who do they each their play? So I, it's very unclear. Is it, is it a, okay, go on. It's quite unclear as to who they are. It's not fully explained. But it's, is it not significant characters? Is it like a random guy? They appear within the nightmares that the child nightmares. is having. So, whether so the kid's having nightmares about Martin Cove and Eric Roberts. That's correct. It's very puzzling, those parts okay. of the film. And I would say that I'm not fully sure that either Eric Roberts or Martin Cove are fully aware of the overall story of the yeah, film. They just did their scenes. I think they? they just did their scenes. Okay. Yeah, took the took the chair. Well, and left. it does sound intriguing. I have to admit. And also on the plus side, it's an hour and twenty minutes, so it's not very long. Tight runtime. Yeah. Yes. Although I would say in certain long? parts, it feels longer. Okay. There we go. That's called a karate okay. Christmas miracle. One for the festive season. Yes, Fun for all the family. Much. Yeah, I have to earn my black belt by Christmas and I have to teach myself. Jesse, a black belt by Christmas? I just saw that. I'm telling you, he's alive. I need to get that black belt. Focus. Streamline. We will haunt these victims. Getting a black belt is not going to bring back daddy. These are just dreams you're having. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. This is our rundown of the best martial arts films of 2019. The best martial arts films of 2019. We have whittled these down from a particularly long list of films. We should also mention a slight disclaimer in that it can take a little bit longer for 
these films, particularly Asian films, to get over to the UK via official distributors. So one or two of the films on the list you might look up on IMDb and they do have 2018 attached to them, but they were only released here either on streaming services or on Blu-ray and DVD at some point in 2019. And it was tricky to compile this top five. There was a few films that I was really wrestling with and then I put this together last night and I was like, oh, well, I'll sleep on that should I change it? But no, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the top five mm-hmm. that I've that I've got here. Did you find it quite challenging? Yeah, it's difficult to whittle down, and you have to remember this is just someone's opinion. This is just my opinion. This is your opinion. I'm sure people listening at uh, home or on your travels on the train or yep. driving will hopefully send Ben lots of abuse when you disagree with his <laughs> fine awful Bring choice. It on. But um, <laughs> we've got the nunchucks yeah, there, exactly. somewhere. <laughs> But, um, you yeah, know, it is difficult and it's all subjective and people respond to different stuff and different things resonate with different people. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult, but it does come down to a subjective choice. But that's all anything ever is a review is or anything is just a choice, isn't it? Exactly. We're going to obviously read out a lot of your comments that you have submitted in advance of this show being recorded. So we'll be reading those out shortly as well. Mike, I think we're ready for the top five. Yeah. yeah? Should we do this? Let's do it. This is number five. Number five. My number five is going to be Triple Threat. Nice one. And, you know, look, Triple Threat was touted to be, like, the martial arts extravaganza event of the year. And I don't think you can really argue with that claim. Obviously, the casting was amazing. I'm sure everybody that's listening would have seen it. But that, just that that combination of, of star talent... And importantly, I think it's not just, you know, it's not an Expendables, not that anything bad against Expendables, but it's not an Expendables thing of getting the old guys back together. Mm-hmm. These are all people in their prime, mm-hmm. performing in their prime, whether yeah. it's Eco Waste, Tony Jaa, Tiger Chen, Scott Adkins, Michael Jai White, you know, um, Michael Bisbing, Gigi Yanin, great, amazing cast under the direction of Jesse V. Johnson. And, you know, I think you absolutely got your money's worth. And I was amazed at how much action they managed to cram in. Tim Mann, who did the uh, fight choreography, um, who's obviously, you've had him on the podcast yes. before, and he's in Life of Action too. You know, he, he did tell me about how stressful that experience was, but he came out of it feeling like, once I've done this, I can do anything. Yeah, Putting together that sheer volume of fights, and again, not making it flat, not making it repetitious. Each fight has its own style, its own tone and works in favour of certain actors and it's you know it's it's moulded to their style and mm-hmm. their disciplines you didn't feel short changed no. if you're a Tony Jaa fan you got enough yeah. Tony Jaa Michael Jai White was well used I think yeah. all of them everybody were had a mo- I think everyone had a moment a lot of people talked about Gigi Yanin but we happen to know and we've heard Jesse, Jesse's you know very open about this he's talked about how I don't think she had a, um, a very well developed character in the script in the first place so actually what we got from her was pretty much engineered for the film for her So she and she still she got come on spoilers but guys I'm sure you've all seen it a very very cool death scene as well unbelievably yeah. cool yeah. yeah so you know but that's the thing everyone gets their little moments and yeah. their little spotlight so you know it was it was it was good to see that and you know everybody got a good uh good moment to shine triple threat of course was a huge hit with our listeners harona Cisse on twitter said i like triple threat it had a great storyline along with great action hanagen on twitter said it features some of the best fight performers 
doing some great work in a B-movie that feels like something from the past in a good way. While it's cool to see eco-US with greats such as Scott Atkins and Michael Jai White, Tony Jaa is a personal standout fun whenever on screen. And Christopher Evans, also on Twitter, said that Triple Threat by far delivered the most action this year. So a big hit with yeah. a lot of our listeners. I think that's that's the key thing you think about what do you want from this and it this this one absolutely delivers on its promise you know you're not going to come out of this being disappointed. So I wrestled with this one Mike it was going to be triple threat yeah. okay. was potentially going to be in at number 5 for me as well. So there you go wise minds. Yes. But I have gone for a film called The Art of Self Defense. Oh, yeah. That is my number five. I did want to shout about The Art of Self-Defense because I think it got quite a minuscule release. There wasn't too much of a buzz around it. It certainly didn't get a cinematic release here in the UK. It is available on Blu-ray. So I would urge people to go and watch this film if they haven't seen The Art of Self-Defense. It's a little offbeat indie comedy written and directed by Riley Stearns. It stars Jesse Eisenberg. Imogen Poots and Alessandra Nevola. It's not really an action film, although there are fight scenes in it. We should say choreographed and designed by Mindy Kelly, who was a guest on the podcast this year. The story concerns Jesse Eisenberg, who plays a nerdy accountant uh, who is mugged and then takes up karate as a way to better protect himself. Nivola plays the sensei, and he's a bit of a sort of Rex Quando character from Napoleon Dynamite. And initially he is very funny and dry, but as the film continues, it takes on his role and his character particularly does take on a much more sinister and darker twist and the film becomes really super tense it's essentially a study on toxic masculinity and abuse of power but it's also very funny in bits as well so i do wholeheartedly recommend going out and finding this one if you didn't get to catch it that's my number five the art of self-defense yeah no i really i really liked that one as well um that was a hard one i wanted i was quite keen to include that as well i'm I'm big into comedy and particularly I really like the dark and like blackly black comedy. And obviously the film's pretty, it's pretty violent in places. Absolutely. um, Shocking. Kind of set, would you say it's a bit of an alternate reality. It's kind of slightly heightened, weird. It's, it's a very strange film. Yes. But um, I really, yeah, I really, really liked it. And again, I I would say actually it's a, it's an interesting one to include because although um, the, the martial arts element is not, I mean, it's not a martial arts genre film. It's actually very, uh, central to the plot absolutely and a lot of the film is set in a dojo it's very original as well very, yeah. I can't think of the last film I saw that was quite like that totally agree yeah, yeah absolutely that's uh, the art of self-defense yeah. that is my number five yeah. should we crack on to our Let's number four here we go number four what was your number four favorite martial arts film my number four is Fury whoa oh. Do I sense a, a snap there? So my number yeah. four is Fury as oh, well. Okay. Interesting. Well, let's um, I, Can we just say yeah, we have on. not discussed? No, we haven't this. discussed. Not any, even off mic. Any uh, any similarities will be purely coincidental. Yeah. but it's funny that we've, funny. we've aligned a bit on this. Um, so you know, look, and we, we've had this conversation before. I don't think martial arts films need to reinvent the wheel all the time. If they do, that's great, and I yeah. enjoy seeing that. But something simple done well is really the touchstone for me and I can think of a lot of examples of films I like especially martial arts films where they can you know they can borrow from from traditions or or, um, um, you know 
things from things from the genre that we all know and love but kind of make it their own or localize it a bit and examples i could think of are things like um on back for the thai culture where they've taken that kind of story but made it i think it's you know really injected the buddhism aspect yeah. and the thai culture into it or even something like um Merintau from gareth evans mm. um for indonesia or obviously the raid as well where they're taking you know kind of quite simple genre based stories but making it local and really kind of giving you a an immersion into the local culture yeah. and bringing local qualities to it so yeah i think fury does that very well um as a vietnamese film mm. so it takes it's kind of a simple kidnapping story from this 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 badass woman yeah who's um you know got a bit of a mysterious past and That's we right. learn you know we learn the uh the the hard background that she comes from as she goes rogue to rescue her daughter yeah um but again just you know immersing you into a kind of the kind of um the underbelly the criminal underbelly um of vietnam great fight sequences yeah. but also very good acting and very well written good performances absolutely i think we should definitely call out the the skills of veronica and gore yeah. who is the star of fury and is very much the star i think she's in pretty much every mm-hmm. scene and what an array of emotions that she shows as well as doing what looks like the main bulk of all the action yeah, as well definitely. a fantastic performance from her in yeah, this film it from really dramatic. drives that's the, the film. thing that people I think it's often overlooked you know obviously the action's great and we all love the you know great fight scenes but you really need the drama and the storytelling to drive that and to make yeah. you invested in care totally agree with you Mike and she has been in Hollywood films the last few years she was in Bright with Will mm-hmm. Smith she was in The Last Jedi as well and this feels like a real star making performance yeah, from her I really enjoyed Fury it kind of took me by surprise yeah. this film had a great response from a lot of the listeners mm-hmm. as well Tai Seng over email your friend of mine mm-hmm. Veronica Ngor is going to be a great star in the future yeah. says Tai Dow on Twitter said Fury was their favourite film of the year the story was so great and showed social issues very refreshing about the kidnapping I guess because that's that's sadly and tragically a big thing in that part of the world particularly Yeah, yeah of course could be Dan on Instagram has written easily fury a unique movie setting for an unfortunately common problem in the modern world solid action and clever chase scenes it was a real surprise packet totally agree with that 327 on instagram also said fury because of veronica and gore's fiery performance and wagner max sen on instagram said fury without a doubt intense action from beginning to end great acting skills by Veronica and Gore, not to mention showing a country we don't get to see very often in movies, yeah. which is, you know, very true, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And shot so well as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. We agreed on number four. Great. Let's see if we agree <laughs> on number three. Here we go. Number three. Okay, so, Mike, do you want to reveal yep. your number three? My number three is Ip Man 4, the finale. Are you laughing, Ben, because you have a... My number three is Ip Man for uh, the finale. Too predictable. We did not, we have not uh, checked our list. Honestly, we have not. Now. So that's very interesting. But let's see how our, our views may yeah. vary on this. Okay, so. Well, this is quite fresh in my mind. I only saw yeah. this this week. Okay. So, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah. <laughs> so. Look, I'm sure the same. I'm a huge fan of the Ip Man yeah. franchise. Um, from the first film, you know, I love all the films, but I think the first one obviously holds up to be the best. Um, you don't see that many proper bona fide kung fu films these days, I don't think. And right. I think It Man, it Man 
franchise, but also obviously the fourth film, um, continues that tradition. You know, it's just such a great character. And I found it to be, I guess, as a fan, I'm sure many people feel this way. You know, I, I take the emotional content of films very seriously. And I found it to be a very moving and yeah. emotional yeah. finale. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. The, aside from the action, all the great stuff that happens, you know, the end, it had me a bit a bit. Did you shed eyes. a tear? I shed a few tears. Oh, Mike. Um, but, you know, it's yeah, it's, I think it was done very well, very effectively. Yeah. Not to mention the action, all the great stuff we could talk about. But, you know, just the story's great. And as a conclusion to the... Uh, to the story arc of Ip Man and then Bruce Lee involved in this kind of stuff, it was uh, it was very affecting. You know, what, what do you think, Ben? My take home from this film was it's a great showcase for Yen Wu Ping. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know we don't need to talk about what an absolute genius Yen Wu Ping is as a fight choreographer, but I think Ip Man Four really showcases his Mm -hmm. talents in a really good light he's always been an absolute master at this but the way that there was Wing Chun being pitted against Tai Chi really enjoyed the Wing Chun against the karate obviously Mm -hmm. embodied by Scott Adkins who plays Mm -hmm. the villain of the film I love Yong Wu Ping but he exercised a a bit more restraint than usual on the wires as well yeah I wondered whether just working with Wilson Yip Maybe he was reining him in, quite literally yeah. reining I mean, him in. It feels appropriate because Wing Chun as a style, but also I think the Ip Man format is a bit more grounded. And also you had the whole Bruce Lee element in it yeah. as well. Danny Chan plays Bruce yeah. Lee in uh, this he's film. He's done this so many times, hasn't he, in the TV yeah. series yeah. and other films. Um, I thought it was it was well done. I mean, it was a, a fairly small role, if you think about yeah. it, compared to you know what it could have been. But no, I thought it was done well. Um, I enjoyed his fight with uh, our friend Mark Strange. Mark Strange. Had a great great fight scene there, very memorable. And I think, again, Danny Chan captured, um, he, he really captured the character and the essence of Bruce Lee with the sounds and yeah. the fighting style, yeah. um, the nunchucks and so on. So that was that was really good to see. And again, had a nice um, dramatic arc to Ip Man's story. Absolutely. Which, which worked really well. And yeah, Scott Adkins, great as well. Yeah. Made a great villain. I mean, look, these films are not, and I think Hong Kong film generally, but these films in particular are not known for their subtlety. Uh, Absolutely. So yeah. it's pretty on the nose in terms of the racist villains Agreed. And, the, yeah. you know, the, and the Chinese standing up for Very each much other. So, and, yeah. But you know, it's it 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 works, and it's yeah. kind of it's rousing, and you can feel it when yeah. you watch it. And I think Scott, you know, Scott plays a good villain. I think yeah. we may have said this before, but you know, I think Scott makes a better. Uh, anti-hero or a villain than a clean-cut villain and he'd he'd probably admit this himself in terms of his past work in this I think he'd be a villain that I imagine the Chinese audience would love to hate and will be booing absolutely be very satisfied to see him get he's a proper pantomime boo hiss villain in this and and, you know kind of taking taking notes a little bit from Full Metal Jacket absolutely yes Um, and obviously you know uh, gave a great performance from a dramatic point of view and you know really really hammed it up in a a good way and it works in that universe and the action was amazing so his fight scenes were great and Chris Collins who you mentioned was was really good as well so the hero's only as good as the villain in many cases absolutely this it man has several great villains to go up against and that really counts for a lot totally agree and i would add on that that there are so many ip man films that have been made in the last 10 years there's a slew of them some better than others Mm -hmm. but this did add uh, something new to that whole ip man film universe didn't it so for that alone i think it's definitely worth uh, checking out a fitting conclusion i would say to the whole ip man saga okay Let's reveal what we have chosen as our number two. Number two. My number two choice is Avengement. Interesting. So um, I should say first, full full disclosure, I had a little bit of involvement in this, um, just in terms of I was lucky enough to be... 
uh, bit part stunt performer. You got a, a tray to the face, didn't you? I got a tray to the face. I got my head hit against the wall. Any of the uh, happy accidents that happen when, yeah. you, when you come up against Scott Adkins in a film, absolutely, um, you're going down. It's, yeah. it's just in it's full a, rage yeah. mode. I'm a you know I'm a big Scott Adkins fan. Obviously, as I'm sure you know, as you are as well as we know you are, and many people listening will be. And it was just really nice to see him tackle a completely different type of role. And it's you know essentially more of a. a, a kind of a, a crime film a, a gangster thriller if yeah. you will um, very character driven um, playing this absolutely terrifying you know don't really know at first if he's an anti-hero he's a, mm-hmm. an absolute villain but then as the story um, unfolds out of sequence we learn how he came to this place and you know why he wants to exact revenge on these people who have done some wrong against him yeah. Scott gave a great performance yeah. something he hasn't done before with a bit of a physical transformation scarring mm-hmm. and um, he had this, you know, his metal teeth from where he's he's had his teeth knocked out in, in quite in a brutal, such a brutal curb, scene, curb oh my god! Scene, but he's got other good actors in there. You got Craig Fairbrass, Nick yeah. Moran, Lewis Mandler, great, great, and directed by Jesse Johnson, yeah, and uh, co-written by Jesse Johnson and Stu Small, who's yep. Scott's uh, longtime friend did and collaborator, did well. accident man as well. And this was, we should say, you know, something different, something fresh and inventive but also absolutely delivered in spades yeah. on what Scott Adkins fans would want, which is brutal, bone-breaking fight scenes. Absolutely. Um, very, you know, very impressive choreography from yeah. Dan Stiles yeah. um, and his guys. I love that Scott is taking on these more challenging roles. It would definitely be in my honourable mentions yeah. for 2019. That finale will be ranked as one of the best fights of the last decade. I totally think. agree. It's one of the best barroom brawls yeah. I think you, you're, you're going to find, yeah. isn't it? And a lot of people online have agreed. Okay. They've put Avengement as their best yeah. film of 2019. Fat Dragon 2007 on Instagram said, Avengement, Scott Adkins at his most insane. Um, Ross Boyask on Facebook wrote, I'd probably say a Avengement tops the list, even though it's not a typical martial arts film. It's not, but it's certainly a, a fight-centric yeah, film, you would say. On Twitter, at Carlo Goes Boom, uh, wrote, maybe not the most textbook martial arts movie, but i got to go for Jesse V. Johnson's Avengement, because it has both Johnson living up to his potential, and Scott Adkins, who is already an incredible physical performer, doing some A-plus acting. It's quite an intense performance from Scott Atkins. Yeah, We've not absolutely. seen him turn in a, no. an acting performance like that, really. My number two is Shadow. Okay. Obviously, when you're looking at a list like this, it's very hard to compare a film like Shadow with, say, Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. But I very much enjoyed Shadow. Obviously, Shadow did do a full festival circuit back in 2018. But Shadow was released on DVD and Blu-ray in North America in August of this year. And it came to the UK in September. So I found Shadow to be completely compelling. I thought it was a return to form for Chang Yi Mu. Famously, he made Hero, House mm-hmm. of Flying Daggers. He did the Beijing Olympics, the opening ceremony. And his last film was a bit of a dud. It was that strange Chinese-American creature feature, The Great Wall. It had Andy Lau and uh, Matt Damon in it. I would say this is much more of uh, a return to form. It's a wuxia film. And and it's much more in keeping with the more romantic storytelling of his earlier work. And it's got a really clever through line, which, as the title suggests, it's all about duality. So it's about balance. It's about light and shade. And that is mirrored, I think, in a stunning way by the way the film is shot or 
the way it's treated in post. I'm not fully sure how they've managed to make this film look the way it does. It's not a black and white film, but it's not a fully colour film either, so I don't know whether they've dressed the sets to uh, encompass a lot of these monochromes palettes but then when color does appear it really punctuates through the the scene so i don't quite know how they've done that but i I would say it looks absolutely stunning also this idea of balance is echoed in the fight scenes which emphasize the hard and soft styles of tai chi the story is both a large scale warring states big battle war movie but it's also a look behind the scenes at uh, Kingdom in Chaos and this love triangle at the heart of it. I thought it was absolutely wonderful. And there's a symmetry to the film as well, which is really compelling. I mean, it's one of those rare occasions, and I did this when I saw Hero for the first time. Mm-hmm. I watched it, and then I just watched it all again immediately afterwards. So you got to the end credits and immediately And I thought, I'm going to go back and watch that. Really? Mike, I know that you maybe had other opinions about this Yeah, film. look, no, I, I, it's interesting, because, you know, I obviously, look, I like, I like Zhang Yimou, and I, I've liked all those previous films that you... Um, that you mentioned it just didn't really resonate with me too much i found it to be pretty uh pretentious and boring <laughs> um say what you really think no but you know it's just like the, look and obviously it was beautifully shot looked amazing and there were some great sequences and great scenes the spinning the metallic this, umbrellas what about that did head. you enjoy that yeah, there were, no they're great <laughs> did you enjoy that no i didn't there were <laughs> lots of great good fun. scenes yeah and sequences and that that looks really beautiful even some of the fight scenes in the rain and the kind of the the foot movements and the the arc, arcs of motion you know it's really really well shot and looks great from my point of view it's, it's very artsy obviously but it's to a kind it kind of lost me in places and i'm not you know i don't i don't claim to be like i'm i'm not an artsy viewer and i'm not a an anti-artsy type of yeah. person you know I like I mean there's lots of films that I like that people would probably think are quite pretentious choices um, and I also have you know a kind of lowbrow taste in some regards yeah. but you know I like you know I don't know it just it just wasn't it's funny all the things you said like it was very compelling it just was it was not compelling to me and it didn't resonate with me yeah. personally which is interesting I don't know why you know why maybe certain things have to catch you in a certain mood or a certain mindset did you see it in the cinema or did I you didn't see it, oh, see it in the right. cinema I wish I'd seen it yeah. when it was doing the festival circuit yeah. see it on the big screen and it is strange that a film like Shadow just lands on these streaming services yeah. without much fanfare I mean let's not forget Hero was presented by Quentin Tarantino when it first came out it was given a huge national cinematic uh, release but Shadow just seemed to fall by the wayside and just sort of slipped in with yeah. a lot of other things I think that wasn't fair I think it is a much better film than that would suggest yeah and look um, you know obviously once again not to say that what I'm saying is fact it's like you know it just something doesn't resonate with me it's, yeah. you know, it's going to resonate with somebody Absolutely. else obviously it's not for everyone but no, uh, sure. Shadow is my number two let's reveal our number one choice for our favourite martial arts film of 2019 number one yeah i really went for it on that one number one i think we've got the same film again but i'll let you you reveal your number one no i can't see your list there so my number one is going to be john wick chapter three unbelievable yes yes it is my choice yes well very good well i think was it two years ago we both chose chapter chapter two. two we did so i guess as john wick fans clearly john wick fans maybe that's an inevitable 
conclusion yeah but look it's I, also yeah. the right one <laughs> yeah i think it's the right one i mean if you're a john wick fan you know this 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 was obviously it's a it's a brilliant film yeah um a great third chapter which absolutely raises the, the stakes again which is i think what the, the whole franchise does yeah. i lo- i mean i love this universe so the way they've created this kind of graphic novel style universe with all its subsects and characters yep. um, developing that further taking it even further uh, broadening the not just broadening the scope of the characters in the world but the action introducing you know some of the uh, the the dog foo as yeah. they're referring to it the and horses the horse foo. why not uh, the bikes the yeah. Mo- the, you know yeah and, um, that was a great and, you know scene. so there's there's so many I think when you think about something like that and just kind of stand back and think about all the memorable sequences, all the memorable characters, and just moments throughout, you know, it's not just a key scene that's a takeout. There's so many great moments. Uh, Halle Berry's whole sequence, which surprisingly isn't, it wasn't actually a, a large part of the film, actually. She's only in a fairly small segment. That's right. When you understand the amount of time and effort that went into creating those fights mm. and how much Halle Berry trained um, for, her, for her scenes it's even more admirable and you know amazing but then just watching it as a purely entertaining spectacle it stands on its own two feet absolutely well. so agree uh, I, I think this may be the best one out of all three yeah. of them Mike I mean how do you feel about that I still think the, the first, first one, one yes it, it is great it's, it's smaller and it's more kind of refined and honed in and simple yeah. but I just like the simplicity of it. I think what I really enjoyed about John Wick 3 was probably the inclusion or bringing back Jonathan Eusebio and John Valera to do the fight scenes. It's a more fight-centric film, I would say, than certainly Chapter Mm 2. Particularly enjoyed the inclusion of Yayan and Csep from the Raid films, obviously, and Mark Dacascos. Yeah. I mean, any film that brings Mark Dacascos back into mainstream action and has him as the lead bad mm. guy and he's involved in a, a martial arts fight scene with Keanu Reeves, I mean, I am sold on that. Yeah, and Absolutely. I think, again, that comes from uh, the 8711 guys obviously being huge, not just huge fans of these films, but having a lineage back to these genre you know, even B movies of the 90s. Yeah. And obviously, in the first film, having Daniel Bernhardt in there, who, had, you know, obviously works a lot with. 8711 already but these guys you know these guys are true martial arts film fans you guys absolutely love John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum just some of the messages online Lord Lucy Fugus I hope I've said that right (laughs) said John Wick 3 breathtaking violence slash fights amazing art direction and a magnificent consolidation of the John Wick persona especially in the closing scene at the end yeah that's all in capitals with an exclamation mark Tristan Glover on Instagram said it has been a fantastic year and I'd love to give it to a Jesse V Johnson film but I gotta give it to big Hollywood John Wick 3 is the only action movie that I gave five stars to to this mm-hmm. year Tai Singh again the man used a horse as a weapon and any film that brings back Mark Dacascos into the mainstream deserves all the plaudits totally agree with you on that Ty Ilias T on Twitter said John Wick 3 why the knife scene Halle Berry the showdown with Yayan and Csep and Mark Dacascos we didn't mention the knife scene what an incredible yeah. knife scene that is with Tiger Chen and yeah. hands down one of the best knife fights I think well, I've seen lobbing, lobbing knives at each Just other throwing, like, <laughs> and pretty desperate and relentless yeah. it? it doesn't yeah. feel what's nice with some of this action it doesn't feel so clean cut it's That's kind right. of messy and scrappy like you know two people or a group on a group 
trying to kind of frantically see who kills each who kills yeah. everyone first yeah there is a real sort of gritty Scrappy. realism scrappiness yeah. to it yeah. as well yeah. which i really enjoyed and our friend sean malloy who runs uh, the podcast i must break this podcast yeah. the dolph lundgren yeah. podcast sean wrote the best cast certainly certainly goes to triple threat so enjoy triple threats but the best martial arts movie without a doubt goes to john wick three this movie was made for fans of the genre by fans of the genre with amazing nods to martial arts flicks of the 70s and 80s john wick 3 is an amazing love letter to the genre that made it while still serving as a fantastic pulp story can't wait for the next film and to see which kung fu legends show up that's very true john wick 4 i mean they're really gonna have to go some to top the level of action and the quality of John Wick Chapter 3, do you think, yeah, Mike? but I think taking the universe further, expanding it, that's, I can imagine that to be that yeah. to be the case. And you probably thought after John Wick Chapter 2, what are they going to do next? And Absolutely. they did something new. Yeah. So they'll, ha- they'll have ideas up their sleeve, yeah. I'm sure. I think Chad Stahowski went on record to say that he could quite happily make John Wick films now for the rest mm. of his career. So uh, there we go. If he can maintain the quality of John Wick Chapter 3, mm. then that would be very much welcome. Yeah. So there we go. We've agreed again. Mm-hmm. On another it's another year, could you believe it? Let's raise a toast then to John Wick, John Wick Chapter Three, three. Parabellum, our favourite martial yeah. arts film of 2019. So it begins. <laughs> <laughs> our services still off limits to me. What do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. We should just say a few honourable mentions from the year as well. Yeah. I really liked Iron Fists and Kung Fu yeah, Kicks, the definitely. documentary. Master Z at Man Legacy, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun watching that. Hobbs and Shaw, I thought, was yeah. really good uh, fun as well. Uh, Alita Battle Angel. I mention uh, Alita Battle Angel because a lot of people got in touch with me when I did a call out to say, name your favourite martial arts film of 2019. So many people on Twitter came back in support of Alita Battle Angel. There's a real hardcore Alita Battle yeah. Angel fan out there was there any films that were on the long list Mike that uh, you wanted um, yeah, to mention we, yeah not to be too repetitious you mentioned Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kicks great yep. documentary quite a quick fast paced whistle stop tour of the history of the you know martial arts genre and Golden Harvest and Shaw Brothers and so on but I think very entertaining and then similarly on that note uh, In Search of the Last Action Heroes it is another really good documentary released this year, which um, again isn't purely martial arts focused, but um, touches on the martial arts genre, a lot of the uh, the canon films of the eighties, Chuck Norris, and so on, and then takes us up to current day, speaking to people like Scott Adkins and Richard Norton and Cynthia Rothrock, as well as the more mainstream action and looking at the films of you know Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Sliced Stallone and so on. You mentioned Alita; I really enjoyed Alita actually, uh, great character, um, and just looked looked amazing. Yeah. I think visually, quite a stunning film mike this has been an absolute pleasure as always uh before we sign off let's have a quick rundown of some of the movies we are really looking forward to in 2020 in the feature that we like to call films to look forward to in 2020 films to look forward to in 2020 a lot of films coming out in 2020. Mulan's coming out next year. We've got Mortal Kombat. So that's actually coming out the following year. Mm-hmm. So that's in 2021. Jiu-Jitsu. That's the new movie that features Nicolas Cage alongside Juju Chan, Frank Grillo, Tony Jaa and Alan Moosey. Vanguard is the new Jackie Chan film. Mm-hmm. That's a Chinese 
New Year release that's coming out in January. Enter the Fat Dragon, we might finally get to see Enter the Fat yeah. Dragon. That's Donnie Yen's uh, kung fu comedy. The Kingsman is a prequel that's uh, obviously in the Kingsman world, the Kingsman franchise. Black Widow, of course. We've got Kung Fury 2. Snake Eyes is the G.I. Joe spin-off movie. Vengeance 2. There's so many movies coming out next year. Any of those take your fancy at all, Mike? Yeah, I th- um, you mentioned Mortal Kombat. I'm a big Mortal Kombat fan of the yeah. game. You mentioned Donnie and Enter the Fat Dragon. I'm not sure what to make of that yet, but I mean, yeah. I, you know, obviously I'm a fan of the original Enter the Fat Dragon. I don't believe it's too connected to that, to the Summer Hung version. No, it? I no. don't think so. So, But it'll be funny to see Donnie doing his comedy. Uh, probably more on the Donnie side of things, though. I'd be more looking forward to something like Raging Fire. Yes, um, absolutely. And the outlaw Johnny Black from Michael J. White. Um, yeah, the outlaw Johnny Black looks really good. That's yep. a crowdsourced yep. uh, movie as well. Yep. So, Definitely, you know, yeah. very much looking forward to but that. But look, obviously, Michael J. White's great. Yeah. I mean, he's a great actor, but he's a great filmmaker and writer. He's trying new things and he's taken it into new territory. So I, I really admire and, and respect that. Mike, what are your plans for 2020? I know you've got Life of Action Volume 2 is yep. coming out in February. Coming out February. And I look forward to people being able to read that and hopefully enjoying it. You know, moving on to other things, but yeah, hopefully I'll have more to say about that a little bit down the road. Well, we look forward to hearing more about that, Mike, in the new year. Thank you. All it remains for me to say is that it's been an absolute pleasure to spend time with you again, Mike, in your lovely home here to record this end of year special. Thanks for coming, Ben. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. All it remains for me to say is Merry Christmas, Happy New Year and Happy Holidays, of course, to all the food followers out there listening to this wherever you are in the world. To play us out, here is a small collection of outtakes from season four. For anyone who thinks that this is quite a slick and professional operation, I can very much assure you that it's very much not uh, that. So uh, (laughs) until we meet again sometime in 2020, remember to keep it locked to all the usual KFMG pod channels for the latest martial arts movie news, reviews and podcasts. We will be back at some point in the future. But in the meantime, do take care. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, have a lovely, relaxing break, and bye for now. Raise a glass to the Foo followers. There we go. Thank you very much, Mike. Cheers. Cheers. Hello, one, two. Fans of Hong Kong action cinema should certainly uh, enjoy... Here we go, here is my conversation with one of the stars of the Ip Cum... Remember, you can keep up to date with all the latest martial arts movie news, reviews and podcasts by visiting our Reb... Jude's company. A huge thank you to... (coughs) But we also have the UK filmmaker, actor, fight choreographer, blah 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 blah. Clean up in aisle five, please. Here we go, this is me talking to... The producer, founder of Iron Dragon TV and all-round martial arts master. Ah, We also have a monthly newsletter. We also have... We also have a monthly newsletter. One, two, one, two. There you go, our end of year show there, wrapping up all of the martial arts movie activity for 2019. I do hope 
that you enjoyed listening to that. I just quickly wanted to say a few thank yous before I sign off for the year. Of course, a huge thank you to Mike Fury for taking the time to take part in this episode. Thank you very much, Mike. A very special thank you to the always wonderful George Dennis, who lent his technical skills to this episode, for which I am very grateful. Thank you so much, George. A huge heartfelt dedication goes out to my girlfriend, who has been incredibly supportive throughout the years. There's been a lot of stuff going on around us, and she has been incredibly cool and supportive throughout it all. So thank you so much. A big thank you to anyone who has ever sent us a message, emailed the show, written a review, left a star rating, sent us a tweet or liked a photo on Instagram, whatever it is, it is because of you, the loyal Foo followers, that we continue to produce this show and help in our own small way towards promoting and celebrating this wonderful genre of film. So I will now be taking a short break, not entirely sure for how long, but I will be back at some point in 2020. If you do want to get in touch, the door is always open. You can send me an email at hello at kungfumovieguide.com. You can check us out on all of the usual social media channels. Until next time, Foo followers, have a wonderful holiday. Do take care and I will speak to you all again at some point in the future on the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.